Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless your name for a time like this in your presence. We thank you, O oh God, for how far you brought us. Bring us safely, O oh God, into your house once again. We say, may your name be praised. This morning, we ask that, Father, as your word comes forth, let it be a visitation to every home. As your word comes forth, let it be a break, marital breakthrough for anyone believing you for their marital breakthroughs. As your word comes forth, oh God, let it come in power and authority. Let it overdo, overturn over the workings of the enemy in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages. In the mighty name of Jesus, speak to us a word in season. Teach us the right way to go. Help us, oh God, to be able to enjoy our homes, enjoy our families, to be able to enjoy the life you have given to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, your word says, the expectations of the righteous shall never be cut off. As we hear about to hear your word, may anyone who is expecting you for their marital breakthrough this year, oh Lord, and it happen surprisingly, oh Lord, to your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Heavenly Father. Take the way. Do your own thing in our midst this morning. In Jesus' glorious name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I want to thank the Almighty God for a time like this. To stand before his people to preach his word. And I want to thank my father for the privilege given me to share the word this morning. I believe that the theme for the month is prophetical. Hallelujah. If you, if you remember right, um, somewhere last year, a prophecy was given that this year is a year that God is going to release marriages. There will be weddings in the church. So I see that the theme for this month is prophetical. Hallelujah. Unless you don't want to marry. But if you really want to marry, I, I see God connecting you to the rightful covenant partner. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not just a month of the family, but it's a month of also breakthrough. I mean, marital breakthroughs are going to happen. Hallelujah. Strange testimonies are going to happen. In the mighty name of Jesus. I didn't hear your Amen. amen. And it's not only that, but listen, God is visiting every home, every family, every marriage. I mean, some people are married, but they are going through hell in their marriages. But I see God bringing peace. I see God showing how to marry and enjoy a marriage. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Understand that marriage is not supposed to be endured. It's supposed to be enjoyed. So if you are in the church and you are married, you are going to enjoy your marriage in a different dimension. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. One thing I want us to understand is that God places so much value on marriage and the family. But it is interesting that um, the institution called marriage, I mean, most of us Christians don't understand it. And amazingly, it is one of the institutions in the, in the family of Christ that is suffering so much attacks. Christian marriages are separating, they are breaking like something that has become like a, a norm. People are just divorcing like that. But that's not how God intended. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me have Malachi 2 verses 10 to 11 and I'll jump to 13 to 16. Let me tell you something. The word that is coming forth is for everyone in this place. It says, have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another? By profaning the covenant of the fathers. Judah has dealt treacherously. And an abomination has committed in Israel. And in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution. Which he loves. He has married the daughter of a foreign god. Let me have the verse 13. 
And this is the second thing you, you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Look at the verse 14. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Look at the verse 15. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says he hates divorce. Hallelujah. I want to end there. The Lord God says he loves marriages. He loves the covenant called marriage. And he hates divorce. But it's, it's interesting that most of us Christians don't understand. We don't understand what covenant is. We don't understand what it means, I mean, to be, to be, to be, to be married. Hallelujah. We don't understand what it is. But I see God giving us a rich understanding of the union called marriage in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, our theme for this year is our year of God's goodness. And God said it is not good for one to be alone. So one of the good things God is going to bring to us as a church this year is in the area of marriages as well. It's one good thing God is going to do for us in this month. And I see God connecting you to the rightful partner. I see God visiting your marriage with peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me quickly explain to you the purpose of marriage. The purpose of marriage. God created the union called marriage for the purpose of companionship. In Genesis 2 verse 18. Let me have that verse please. The purpose of marriage. God created an institution for the purpose of what? Number one, companionship. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So God saw that it was not good for man to be lonely. I mean, this is a, scientifically has been proven that loneliness kills faster. When you have people around you, it sometimes gives you a reason to continue living. When somebody is not well. Hallelujah. So it's been proven that loneliness shortens lifespan. But when you have a companion, it in increases your lifespan. Scientifically has been proven. That is why God said it is not good for man to be alone. So let me tell you something. It is not good that you are alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, why did God create the union called marriage? God created it for procreation. He created it for procreation. When you say procreation, it means to bring forth children. Genesis 1 verse 28. But this man, I see God visiting any couple who is believing God for the fruit of the womb. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said, I see God visiting anyone married in that said, believing God for the fruit of the womb. In the name of Jesus. Then God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the, on the earth. So God created a union called marriage, or the union, the, the institution, for the, also for the purpose of procreation, to increase after our kind. Hallelujah. And number three, it's also for the sense of belonging. A sense of belonging. I mean, it feels nice when you have somebody you can talk to. It feels nice when you have somebody who can and somebody who can support you. It feels it feels if you feel stand up, you feel loved. Hallelujah. And then lastly, God created an institution called marriage also for help and support. For help and support. 
Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Look at the verse 10. But if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. So, I mean, it is good that you are, it is good when you are married because you have a companion who helps you, who supports you. I mean, sometimes in life, sometimes in life, you go through challenges and just want somebody to just, just to encourage you to move on. Hallelujah. But I want to explain to you the types of families God created. The types of families God created. Number one, God created the nuclear family or the, the marital family or the conjugal family. The nuclear family. It consists of the husband, the wife, and the children. And children is not only those you give birth to. I mean, those who are blood, those who give birth to. But sometimes, God can even be people your way who are not your own biological children. And they end up becoming your own children. Hallelujah. Number two, God created the extended family. The extended family, they are in two kinds. We have the immediate family, which consists of your father, your mother, and your siblings. And then we also have the, ex- the extended family, which involves your parents' siblings. I mean, your parents and their brothers and sisters and grandmothers and everything. That's the extended family. And then we also have the, the, the church family or the spiritual family or God's family. Hallelujah. Understand that among the three families that God created, God wants every Christian to give attention to or focus more on building the immediate family or the nuclear family. Understand that the nuclear family takes precedence over the extended family. Even though they are all important, it's important that you have your parents, you must give them attention. But your immediate family always comes first. God wants us to focus more on building our own families. The family he makes out of you. That is why in Genesis 2 verse 24, Genesis 2 verse 24, therefore a man and a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. Amazingly, because we don't understand what it means to cleave, leave and cleave, sometimes people marry and still live with their parents. Sometimes, because you don't understand what it means to live and cleave, some people marry and bring their, their brothers to come and live with them, their sisters come and live with them permanently in their marriage. And it ends up bringing problems into their marriage. It affects the cleaving of the husband and the wife. It affects the bonding of the husband and the wife. Am I preaching to somebody? Yes. Hallelujah. This month, I pray, may anyone who has been married and is still living with their parents, may God help you to separate yourself in the mighty name of Jesus. There's a reason why God said, leave and cleave. Leave. Leave means that leave where your family is. You cannot marry and still live in the same vicinity as your parents live. It will create problems. Hallelujah. You cannot be married and still live in the same community that your parents live or your brothers and sisters live. It will create a problem for you. Hallelujah. So it means that some of, most of the time we don't understand what we are doing. Amen. There are families that we have, the extended families that we have, they always end up influencing and affecting our immediate families negatively. The reason being that they have ties with you. They have memories with you. They grew up with you. 
They, they, they have love for you. So they fight against the marriage or they fight against your spouse. They want to have the same attention you are having for the same, your wife or your children. That is why God says, leave and cleave. Tell somebody, leave and cleave. Hallelujah, somebody. Majority of us are not enjoying our marriages. Majority of us are enjoying our marriages. Because we don't understand what we are doing. But let me tell you, sometimes, some of the time, we blame it on witches and wizards. But we forget that we are the cause of whatever happens in our marriages. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, uh, let me have um, John 14, verse 30. John 14, verse 30. Most of the time, we end up blaming it on wizards and witches and all that kind of thing. But we are the cause of many things that happens in our marriages. And let me tell you something. We'll be accountable to God. You'll not be accountable to God for your father or your mother. But you'll be accountable to God for your nuclear family, for your wife and your children. You'll be accountable to God for your husband and your children. Because that is what God gave to you. Therefore, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and had nothing in me. Jesus said, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. Let me tell you something. As long as the enemy has a seed or something in you, he can use as a means to destroy your marriage. Let me tell you something, people of God. God takes pride. It, it's, it is his joy to see a happy family. It glorifies him. And God said, and the man and woman shall become one. And God said, so it gives him glory. But most of the time, we use our own attitudes to destroy what God has instituted. Hallelujah. He said, the prince of this world comes to me and has nothing in me. As long as the enemy has something in you, it's a means he can use to influence your life, to frustrate your spouse, to cause your marriage to divorce. Psalm 68 verse 6. The God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in the dry land. God sets. God sets the solitary. So it means if you are married, it's God who sets you in your marriage. God sets the solitary in marriage, in families. It means that if God sets you in a marriage, he has given you a family. And you are supposed to tend and keep it. Matthew 25, 14 to 20. He said that for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Who called his own servants and delivered to his, his goods to them? And to one he gave five talents, another two, and to another one, and to each according to his own ability. Immediately he went on his journey. And when then he, he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made five talents. Another five talents. And likewise, he who received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of, his, a lot of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. This, this actually emphasizes what I said earlier, that we will give account to God for everything he has given to us. And most of the time, we use our own attitude to destroy what God has given to us. We, we destroy it. I want to talk to you about the things that ruins or destroys marriages or destroys homes. The things that destroys families. The things that destroy. Let me tell you something. That the society we are living in today is getting worse by the day because of 
families that are that because of families that are so I mean that are separated and divorce going on and so many things. The families because the families are not strong, our society is being affected negatively. Hallelujah, somebody. Our society today is being negatively affected because of the homes we are coming from. So, but I believe that if we keep our marriages and keep our homes and keep our families together, let's say it will end up affecting our society. What are the things that destroy families, that destroys marriages? Number one is character. What destroys marriages is not witches or wizards, it's character. If the enemy will come into your marriage to destroy your marriage, he will need a seed in you to use that seed to destroy your own marriage. If there's nothing in you that he can use, he cannot have access into your home. Most of the time, when he wants to marry, people are so eager to get married. I mean, they prepare for marriage, they buy things for marriage, but they, 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 they don't give attention to their own self. It's not the things that you're going to use that's going to get married. It is your character that will help you sustain, sustain your marriage. Hallelujah, somebody. Let me tell you how character is formed. Character is formed at the growing up stage based on the families we come from. The environment we find ourselves in. Who we associate with. The kind of parents we have. What we observe them do. That is how character is formed. Hallelujah. Whatever we see ends up affecting our way of thinking. Ends up affecting our way of feelings and how we choose to respond to situations. Whatever we see, when a child is born, let me tell you, the child comes so innocent. But the character of the child is formed when the child is growing up. Based on who is around the child, who their parents are, the kind of character they have, and their friends, the people that come close to the family, what the child observes. So when a child is growing, their brain is developing, they are building character based on what they see. And they tend to respond by that. Hallelujah. So we all have characters. I believe that we have all been affected by the homes we come from. But tell you what, no matter the character you have, this morning I see God releasing grace upon you to work on it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 12 to 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out on your own salvation with fear and trembling. Look at verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. In the same way God wants us to work on our salvation. Listen, God wants us to have the mind, the same mindset when it comes to our homes and families. I want you to understand that me preaching, I am not perfect. I still have characters I have to work on. You listening, you are not perfect. There's still something about you you can work on. We all have bad characters. We all have negative characters. And those characters, if you don't identify them and work on them, you will enter into marriage if you're not yet married. And you end up frustrating your spouse. You will enter into marriage with that character and you end up frustrating your spouse and God will judge you by what you do. The verse I read, I said, you have dealt treacherously with your wife of your youth. How did you deal with the wife of your youth? Because of your character. Hallelujah. 
Bad character is the number one destroyer of marriages. I'm telling you. Bad character is a wrecker of homes. Bad character is a wrecker of families. Bad character can cause a husband and wife to separate. And in the same way, if the marriage will stand, it's based on the character you have. It's interesting some people have two characters. When they come to church, they are holy, holy, holy. And when they go home, they are marijata. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody? As I'm in the world, yeah. Hallelujah. But listen, God wants us to keep our homes. No matter how we are like, no matter how I, I think I am, there's still something about me I can work on. There's still something about you you can work on that will help you in your marriage. Some of us, we are, we are so unhappy in our marriages and we blame it on our spouse. But there is a saying that when you put your finger at somebody, remember that the fall points to you. Hallelujah. So if your marriage is not going, it's not going well. Listen, there is something about you you can also work on. Let me tell you something. Personally. When I got married, I was having challenges with marriage. I did not think I would go, go beyond, no, for me to marry for all these years. No, 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 no. And I was always blaming my husband. Whenever I go to God and pray, I was always blaming this young, innocent man. I was always blaming God for him. But you know how God brought transformation to my marriage? God started working on me. He started working on me. He started pointing out things about me. Things I did not even accept because I'm not like this. And at that time, we had gone through a 21 days fasting. God started pointing out there's this thing about 16 things that God says, Hey, you're like this, you're like that, you're like that. I said, oh God, I thought I was a nice person. I'm like, no, 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 you are like this. And I said, God, no, it's not true. And He proved it to me. If God will come into your marriage to help you in your marriage, let me tell you something. He needs you to first to work on yourself. Let me talk to you about some of the characters that destroys marriages, some of the attitudes. I mean, Number one, the first thing, the first thing is pride. Pride, pride. Pride is when you think that you are, you feel so big in your shoe. You have wings, invisible wings. You feel so good. Prayer 16 verse 18. You don't have any regard for anybody. Sometimes based on the family you come from or your educational background or your your position or whatever you'll be able to achieve in your life. Some people don't have anything but they are proud. That's the one point that's so annoying. Hallelujah. It said pride goes before destruction and haughty spirit before a fall. There's a reason why God says that humble yourself. Sometimes we think that it is only the woman that's supposed to submit. Bible said that submit yourself to each other. The man must submit. The woman must submit. You both must be humble. If you are here and you're listening to me and you still have that pride in you, you don't want, don't want anybody to talk about your matter. Let me tell you something. Forget about marriage. You are a young girl. You are a young man. You, you are so full of yourself. You, you, you don't have any regard for anybody. You think that you're always right. Forget about marriage because you, you only enter into and go into your, you, you frustrate your own self. I mean, you, you check into your own doom. Number two, selfishness. The things that destroys marriages. Selfishness. 
Some people are married, but they are so selfish. Self, they are so selfish. They always think about themselves. Philippians 2 verse 4. They always think about themselves. They, it's always about themselves. They don't think about anybody. They are selfish. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Some people, they are married, but it's all about me. My needs comes first. You are married, you have children, you think about yourself first. You want to be comfortable first. You are selfish. That actually does not help in marriage. It wrecks homes. Hallelujah. You go to the kitchen. There's a little stew there. You know that when the children come back from school, you're all supposed to share it. You, the man, you come back from work. Because you are hungry, you take the whole soup or the whole stew. You take bangkun. You eat all. When the kind of should look for something to eat, you are selfish. Am I dialing somebody's phone number here? Because your stomach must come first. You are selfish. You always want to eat. You don't think about anybody. You are selfish. And such attitude destroys homes. Destroys homes. If you are like that, I see God giving you grace to be selfless. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said, I see God giving the grace to be selfless. In the name of Jesus. Number three, irresponsibility. I mean, there are people who are so irresponsible. They don't take responsibility for anything. They give excuses for everything. They don't take responsibility. Let me tell you something. It is not every man you see who is mature though. Some have beard, but there are boys inside. Am I lying? There are some men, they are married, they are full grown men, but they are boys. They are babies in beard. They are so immature. Hallelujah. They refuse to take responsibility. For their actions or their wrongs. They refuse. I mean, the most miserable thing is to marry a boy. I mean, a baby. If you marry somebody's baby, eh? <laughs> you will end up mothering the person all your life. Because they behave like children. They don't take responsibility. They want to be taking... You, you go and marry somebody's full-grown man and they want, you, they want you to take care of the person. You want to take care of me. Oh, am I lying? <laughs> Some men have beard, but seriously. And some men are like that. They are full-grown women, but they are girls inside. They are babies inside. They don't exhibit any kind of maturity. They are so irresponsible. They don't take responsibility for their actions. So irresponsible. Genesis 2 verse 15. Genesis 2 verse 15. Let me tell you something. The church is not only supposed to preach about salvation, salvation. But the church is supposed also to help marriages to stand. To teach us the right way. Because everything God created must be kept. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. I mean, one of the frustrations of today's majority of women today is they are suffering. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they teach in the schools. I don't know what's going on. But I blame it on families. Because we don't help our little boys to take responsibility when they are growing up. That's why I blame it on the families we come from. We don't teach our small boys, our baby boys, to responsibility. But I will say that God, God, God took the man and put him in the garden to tend it and keep it. Every man is meant to be responsible. Take care of your wife and children. Tend it and keep it. You become irresponsible and a boy and a baby if you expect your wife to take care of you or to take up your responsibility. 
And let me tell you something. God was going to judge us all. I'm telling you. You are married. You're not making any effort to look for a job. To take care of your wife and children. You're just there. You take life easy. You don't care about anything. It's not just being married though. That makes you a married man or married woman. It's your attitude of responsibility. Hallelujah. And I pray this morning that may God give everybody the grace to be responsible. In our marriage is responsible. Be a responsible man. Do whatever it takes. That he was always that he has been a driver before. He has even been a mate before. He does everything to provide for his family. I mean, this is a man. If we're a man and you don't care for your wife and children, that attitude. Oh, you are a boy. A boy in beard. I don't see any boy in beard in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's learn to take responsibility. Number four is unfaithfulness or infidelity. Unfaithfulness. It's a character. And this thing, this particular character comes out of discontentment or dissatisfaction or zeal for pleasure. Unfaithfulness. It's an attitude. It's a bad character. And let me tell you something. If you're somebody who changes church, you, you change church, you are today you are here, tomorrow you are there, you are an unfaithful person. Me, one thing I've come to realize is even somebody who changes hair, a, a hairdresser often, you may think it's funny. You change today, you don't have one person who does your hair. The one who does my braids for me, she has been doing this for me for over, over 18 years. My head, my, my seamstress, she's been sewing for me for over 20 years. You change, you're always changing, you're always changing, you're always changing, you're unfaithful. You use the same attitude to go into marriage and it becomes so unfaithful. Don't discontent. Proverbs 6 verse 32. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Proverbs 6 verse 32. Unfaithfulness. I mean, it's a priceless thing to have a man who is faithful. To have a husband who is faithful. To have a wife who is faithful. Today, even our women are cheating. are also becoming cheats. They're becoming unfaithful. Because where is that, where is that devilish idea coming from? It's one of the things that is drawing marriages today. Unfaithfulness. Hallelujah. You're not faithful to your wife. You must have a side chick. Abraham was faithful. As an old man, he was faithful to his wife. Sarah, until Sarah died and married Keturah. He was faithful to, the, to his old age. You're not faithful to the wife God has given to you. I mean, how can you allow another woman to see your nakedness? It means you don't respect your own body. Amen. You're a man. You have a side chick. God is looking at you. And I'm telling you something that unfaithfulness, anybody who is unfaithful in their marriage is saying, they cheat, you're not cheating your spouse, (laughs) you're cheating yourself. You cheat yourself on good things. Because the good good thing that God has given to you, don't appreciate it. What good thing, what what good good thing again will God give to you? If you are a man, you are always hopping and changing girlfriends. You are married, you are changing girlfriends. You are not married, you are changing girlfriends. Let me tell you something, you are cheating yourself. Let me tell you something. You, you, you think you have power today. You can, you can really satisfy a woman. A few years to come, eh? I'm sorry. You think you're enjoying today? You're just fooling yourself. Quick temperament number five. Quick temperament. Anger. Quick temperament. One of the things that destroys families. Proverbs 14, verse 29. I mean, there are people when they are angry. I mean, sometimes we have children. And then you see, you see that when you... I believe as we go on the month, we'll, we'll look at parenting. Some of these characters, we, we took them from our childhood and we're not stopped. 
And we grew up with it. You have a child. When a child is angry, he just breaks things. And you think, oh, son, not you. He who is, slow, who is slow to wrath has great understanding. But he who is impulsive is exalts fully. Hallelujah. One of the things that destroys homes, it destroys marriages, is quick temperament. When you're angry, you say, I mean, bad things, you're angry, you say anything that comes out of your mouth, anything that you don't think, you just, you just behave, misbehave because you're angry. Some when they're angry, they, they start shaking. Am I lying? You ever put it like that? They, and they can hit the woman. They're abusive. Physically abusive, verbally abusive. They can hit, they can just hurt you because they're angry. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your home. And not only that, but your children are learning. <sighs> Hallelujah. I pray to God this morning that if anybody is here who has a, a, a weakness with quick temperament or anger, may God give you the grace to work on it. Hallelujah. And sometimes you, you must gradually work on it. Try to control yourself because whenever you exhibit a quick temperament, it means you lack self-control. You, you lack emotional control. You can't control your emotions. Number six thing that's Brings also destroys marriages or destroys homes and families. It's disrespect. I mean, there are people who don't have any regard for the elderly. We don't respect. They just don't respect anybody. And this particular attitude arises out of pride. They don't have respect for anybody. Who are you? You don't. You don't respect anybody. You don't respect the elderly. You don't respect those God has said about them. You don't respect even their wives. They can say anything. Anyone who can open his or her mouth to verbally abuse or insult your spouse or insult people, you don't respect yourself. Hallelujah. If you can stand, the people can, they can stand outside the compound and insult your wife, you insult your husband, you verbally abuse each other. You Daddy one time said that if you call whatever you call your spouse, so are you. So if you call your wife a goat, you are Mr. Goat. If you call your, your husband a goat, you are Mrs. Goat. Because God said, and the two shall become one flesh. So whatever you call your spouse, that is how you are. You are stupid. You are the king of, you are, you are, you are also stupid. Because you saw a stupid person and my husband, so the two folk work together. Hallelujah. Please, let's work on ourselves. So. You're not married, but you're so abusive. So violent. So, so, you don't, so you don't respect. You just talk to anybody. Please, work on it too. Hallelujah. Work on it. And number, number what? Number seven, lying. I mean, the people can lie and their lying is truth. They, they lie and they're convinced that their lie is true. I mean, there are some people they can construct. I mean, hey. <laughs> Proverbs 12, verse 19, 22. Lying, lying. You're always lying. It's not a good thing to lie. Oh. It will destroy your home. Because truth is truth. Today you say this. One of the things about lying is that when you lie today, tomorrow you don't remember exactly what you said. But truth is one. And no matter how many years you said it, the following year, the same thing. But you, you say this, and then the following year, you forgotten what you said. You can't tell the truth. They're always lying. And I see God removing every spirit of lying out of our mouth in the mighty name of Jesus. From today, you will tell the truth, no matter what it is. Tell the truth. A truthful lips shall be established forever. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. If you lie and lie and lie, you, you end up destroying your marriage. Hallelujah. Number eight, laziness. Laziness. Are people like that? 
They always want to be. They, want, they always want to be in their comfort zones. They don't want to do anything. I mean, there are men like that. There are men like that. They are so lazy. You're unemployed for so many years now. You don't see. You, you, you're okay because you eat in the house. You're fine. You're okay. You're destroying your marriage. You're destroying your home. Hallelujah. Even God worked six days and slept on the seventh day. Even God does not sleep. So if you are lazy, let me tell you something. If you are not married, you are lazy. Please work at it. Work at it. Because laziness destroys marriages. It destroys marriages. Hallelujah. Number nine, critic. People who complain about everything. I mean, you are like, you are so petty. You can't overlook things. Bible said it's a righteous thing to overlook wrongs. You can't overlook anything. You complain. I mean, nothing satisfies you. Everything you have problem with it. You're like, a, you're like a cat. Nyaw, nyaw, nyaw. Everything, nyaw. Hey. Sometimes your parents like that. Even their children can't come close to you. When they're out of the house, everybody is happy. As soon as you come, the baby start running away. Because you are, so, you are such a critic. You are so petty. You have problem with everything. It will not help you in your marriage. Hallelujah. If you're like that, I see God giving you a grace of a comment in the name of Jesus. Number one, number ten. Hostility or unfriendliness. Hostility or unfriendliness. I mean, there are people who are so unpinimpa. And it's kind of kind of powerful. They are hostile. Unpinimpa. I mean, when you live with a person for a while, then that's a one phone. They are fed up of you. They are, they are, they are people like that. So, when they, anybody who is like that, oftentimes they go into mood swings. Oh, why now? But kind of numerous so. No, they go into a mood. They don't want to talk to you. They come to the house, they see your wife, you see your children, you see your husband, and hello, good evening. They put like that. They are so hostile. So once in a while, they, they are bubbly. The next moment, they go off. Am I lying? It's not a good thing. It's not a good spirit. It destroys marriage. Because we always, we always bring fringe or kind of um, you, you, just, you just stand to yourself and it ends up affecting your marriage. Hallelujah. These are attitudes you must work on. Unforgiving hearts. Number 11. Unforgiving hearts. There are people who are so unforgiving. Somebody called me and was like, Pastor, I have a problem. And I'm like, what it is? And I'm like, I cannot forgive. I don't know. I can't forgive my husband. There's a, a, a scripture in Genesis 34, verse 25 to 31. About Jacob's children. I mean, so unforgiving. Well, I, I, because of time, I can't read this verse. But uh, Simon and I mean Jacob's children, um, but Simon and Levi, they, their, bro- their sister Dinah was raped. And the person who raped the, ch- the, the girl said that he wanted to marry the girl. But and it, they, they did everything. Jacob said they should, they should go and circumcise themselves. They agreed they're going to circumcise themselves to be able to marry the girl. They want to marry because the girl, the guy was in love with Dinah. And they tried to make peace. But Simon and Levi, they went like when the men were so in the city and went to kill all of them. If you read that verse, they were so unforgiven. You can't forgive. When your spouse does something to you, you can't forgive. Let me tell you something. If you have that attitude, it will worry you in marriage because marriage takes forgiveness to survive in it. If you have that spirit, you can't, you have, you, you, you people do things to you and you are so angry. You can keep things in you for so many years. It will worry you. You worry yourself in marriage. And I see God releasing grace upon you to forgive. No matter what your husband has done, no matter what your wife has done, please forgive. Bible says that to say that to A is human, but to forgive is divine. Forgive. It's it's it helps marriages to become successful. Hallelujah, somebody. And then number 12, loose mouth. The people who don't know how to talk. 
when they open their mouth, it's like what? Mom, Obina Noah, with the things that come out of their mouth, a bomb, it stinks. You don't know how to talk. Wonder why they were grew up from the villages, even the village called Chomukasa. Hallelujah. They are people like they don't know how to talk. I mean, they, they, they talk anyhow. And some of them, those who are loose mouth too, they are so nosy. They are area champions. They know everybody's issue in their marriages, in their families, in their homes. They are so nosy. They are gossips. The Bible says in the Proverbs um, 31 verse 11. Let me read Proverbs 11 verse 13 first. Proverbs 11 verse 13. I'm closing. And time is up. God willingness, you can look at things that destroys marriages. I mean, the second part. Amen. Very, very, very powerful. And we look at um, why people behave the way they behave. Some people, they marry and then they say that, ah, my husband has changed. My wife has changed. This is not a man I married. This is not a woman I married. Why do they behave like that? We look at all those things. Hallelujah. It's a, a tale bearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. When you have somebody who can't keep secrets, I mean, you can't keep their mouth shut. They talk about everything. They are it's, it's a bad character. Sometimes we bring this attitude even in the church. We bring this attitude in the church. Pastor is preaching. Now we I don't know how. Hallelujah. Anybody, when they come to church and preaching is going on, and somebody is talking, and as not making a yihua, I know how. They can't control their mouth. Hallelujah. It's a sign. When you see the person that, that next time when you come, change your chair. And anybody who's always talking to you about other post matter, today, hey, what is Abna? What's the same way? They will take your issues out. They are gossips. They come and tell you about people's issues. Always want to tell about somebody. They can't talk about themselves. They always somebody, somebody. You listen. They will take your matter too out. Hallelujah. Proverbs 31, verse 11. Look at this verse. As I come to this is my last scripture, maybe. Yeah. The heart of a husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. Trust. You can keep secrets. When somebody, your husband opens up and tells you things, you can keep it, you, you, you are able to control your mouth. I mean, some of us, you are married, but you take your marital issues to your family. You are telling your, 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 your parents, your siblings, about your husband's weakness, about your wife's weakness. You, are, you, you can't control your mouth. Hallelujah. And what, this is one of the things I have learned in marriage. Please, do, when you are married, please try as much as possible to keep your marital issues to yourself. Don't make the mistake of discussing your marital issues with especially your family, your parents. It is the worst mistake you can ever make. Don't ever do that. Because the reason is that whatever you tell them about your spouse, it is registered in their minds. You may forgive them. You may go on with them. But whatever you have told them will never leave their mind. It will, have, it will tend to affect the way they relate to your spouse. Because I saw a catcher, no, I wanted him when you forget. Don't make the mistake. Sometimes when things are so tough, talk to a matured, married Christian that you can trust or a pastor. And sometimes the people that you talk to about your marriage are the ones who help you to destroy your own marriages. Hallelujah. So you are married, your, your, your parents know that your wife is lazy. Your, your parents know that your wife is like this. Your parents know that your, wife, your husband is irresponsible. irresponsible. Your, your, 
You are, you are disgracing. Let, let, let's look at the verse Mr. Sylvester read in Proverbs 14 verse 1. Look at that verse. A wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her own hands. The things you do, the things you say about your own spouse, it destroys your own marriage. You pull down your own marriage. You destroy your own marriage. So when your parents come to your house and they're, they're behaving some way to your wife, you don't understand. The things you have told them is what they are, what's happening. They are bearing the fruit of what you show them. Am I talking to somebody? Please, let's learn to control our mouth, please. Especially when you are upset. Let's learn to control because you must preserve your marriage. God wants us to preserve what he has given to us. Hallelujah. Marriages can get better if you all work on our character. It can get better. When a spouse points out certain things about you, please take it in good faith. One of the things I normally do often, yesterday I was even asking my husband, please, what are the things you like about me? What are the things you don't like about me? Please, do that often. It helps you to bring a better, it helps you to develop yourself, you assess yourself. Sometimes you think you're doing very well, but maybe you're doing something that Paul doesn't like. Hallelujah. So I want us to assess ourselves, please. If you whether you're married or not married, please assess yourself. When you assess yourself and see where you fall short, work at it. Work at it. Amen. Because there's something about you and I that we can work on that will improve our marriages. Help her. Let me tell you something. This month, God is visiting every home in this house. God is visiting every marriage in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. But let's work on ourselves, please. You're not perfect. I am not perfect. There's some things I know how I am. Sometimes I'm some way. Hallelujah. Humble yourself to accept correction. When your spouse tells you things about yourself, please don't take offense. And I will hear can. Don't take offense. Please accept it in good faith. Even when it, it hurts you or it, it's, it's the truth, accept it. Work on it. Because in doing that, you are listening. You are helping to build a happy union, a happy family. The last thing I want to say is that as we go back home, please, let's identify certain characters about ourselves that are not good. Certain behaviors that are not good about you. If you are a young girl, you're not married. You are so disrespectful. I, I pity you. You don't respect your parents. You don't respect anybody. You are, you are full of yourself. You, 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 don't, you think you have the whole world on your shoulders because you think that you are, you, you've gotten some mind who is sponsoring you or do, giving you money. So you think you're on, on top of the... Ch- you don't know. Marriage is a different ballgame altogether, I'm telling you. It's a different... It takes character to survive in marriage. And when you want to marry, marry somebody who has a good character. Go and marry a slave queen. Or be slow. Let's kindly be on our feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word in season. We pray that Father visit anyone of God believing you for their own marriages. Visit anyone believing you. Let there be marital breakthroughs in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let all spiritual marriages be broken, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let all forms of hindrances, oh God, against marital breakthroughs be destroyed today. In the name of Jesus. Settle the solitary in their own families. To your glory and to your honor. This morning as a family, oh God, we lift up our nuclear families and all the married in this house into your, into your throne, in front of your throne room. We ask our Father, let there be a visitation. 
Visit any marriage going through any challenge. Visit any home going through any kind of challenge. Visit them, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us, O oh God, to make our homes, our marriages, O oh God, be successful. Help us, O oh Lord, with anything that will help us. Anything that we need to help our marriages to thrive. Help us, O oh God. Your word says, O oh God, that all say, I hate divorce. That's the one we pray. Let there not be any divorce in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. We hide every marriage in the blood of Jesus. Every marriage consecrated at this altar. Let them not go through separation, O oh God. Every marriage, O oh God, in this house, let them be preserved, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Above all, Lord, we pray. Just as you visited Abraham under the timbering tree, and said, a year by this time, his wife, Sarah, shall bear a son. We pray for any married couple, believing you for the fruit of the womb. Visit them. Just as you remembered Hannah. Remember them, O oh God. Just as you remembered Rebecca. Remember them, oh God. Your word says that there should not be any barren in the land. No barren in Christ, Jubilee. Let there not be barrenness in this house, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Therefore, pray that every womb that is sealed be reopened. In the name of Jesus Christ. There shall not be any barren in this house. Glory for yourself, oh God. Jesus, mighty name, pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.